we have these crossroads. And you know, either way you choose, your life is going to be different. The universe doesn't exist, but God thinks it does. We have to stop consuming our culture. We have to create culture. Stupidity has a definite evolutionary function. I am all for abolishing stupidity, but before it goes, we should pay tribute to it. Welcome, dear listener, to the Nonsense Bazaar. I'm Willow Truman, and with me... I'm Sequoia Kennedy. Yes. And today, you can expect to be treated to the beautiful, heartwarming story of twin flames and ascended masters, mm-hmm. Mark Lyle Prophet and Elizabeth Clare Prophet. Now, 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 in case you just ran away screaming after our last two episodes about messengers and ascended masters and stuff, this is a much different flavor, it seems like. It is. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm just kidding. But yeah. I mean, you know, they called themselves Twin Flames and Ascended Master. They sure did. But while their proprietary literature suggests that they're supernatural beings who have fulfilled all karmic duties on our earthly plane, Mark was really just some dude exploring duties of a different kind. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> Are you okay? He's another poopoo guru. Are you doing this again? <laughs> He's another poopoo guru. Are you fucking serious? I am. Well, I mean, kind of. It doesn't factor in too highly, but it does come up, and that's enough for me to make the link. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, and Elizabeth, well, her only magic power was chanting so fast that she sounded like a broken chainsaw, or like an <laughs> auctioneer. Like, here, I'll do my best impression, but I honestly don't know how she did it. I'm the violet flame of St. Germain. I'm the violet flame of St. Germain. I'm the violet flame of St. Germain. She does it even faster than that, though. You've gotten better at it since uh, since well, you first started practicing. doing that. Oh, I'm sure you have. Yeah, so this is actually... The story of how one man's egomaniacal shrine to himself disguised as a religion turned into a doomsday cult with their very own FBI file just 10 years after Jonestown, although they'll tell you that they're they're not as bad as Jonestown, and they're not, but I would agree. still pretty bad. Yeah. Although both founders have since passed away, the church persists, mostly keeping to themselves within their own little paradise over in the Rocky Mountains of Montana. You probably never heard of them. So, uh, who are they? Unless you've read the title of this episode, which you probably have. I would hope so. Yeah. Don't just click on things blindly on the internet. That's how we got into this fucking mess in the first place. (laughs) You get viruses. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, this is another uh, series in our Ascended Masters saga. And this is- You could uh, listen to it on its own, though. For sure. But it's part of the same same lineage. Yes, Or the same- It's part of the same- saga our own investigative saga or whatever right after this you're probably gonna you're gonna want some background on where this bullshit comes from yeah uh so yeah let's um let's get into the prophets so i want to start us off with a quote from this man peter arnone a member who resigned in 1992 after 22 years with the summit lighthouse and church universal and triumphant he says "Less actually would you like to read it Sure. Before I joined the Summit Lighthouse, I would have thought Mark Prophet to be an ass. Most people would have thought the same. Today, having emerged from the fog, there's no doubt in my mind. Mark Prophet was a complete ass. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so I think that's, Fuck yeah. that's a good place to start it. Yeah. Um, all right. So he was, he was born Marcus Lyle Prophet. He's a big old chowderhead. <laughs> That's uh, Peter's words, not mine. Uh, From Chippewa Falls, Wisconsin, born Christmas Eve, 1918. 
Oh, that's where it all comes from. He he got combined birthday and, and Christmas oh presents. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Either that or he thought that he was like Jesus because he was like born on. And that's why he didn't get two presents. Something like that. The second present was. He needed those sweet presents. The Messiah. So his mama was Mabel. He was a little mama's boy. And his father, Thomas, tragically passed away when he was nine, which affected him greatly. He was sort of like geeky and okay. ugly. From what, <laughs> you know. Just he really has awkward a, and strange. He has malocclusion, so like his lower jaw sticks out more. It gives his oh, face sort yeah. of like a big chin appearance. So he was bullied in school. I actually, I don't, I don't think he's a bad looking man. I don't think so either. He looks kind of right. imposing. Yeah. So he, he didn't graduate high school, but he was an extraordinary student of the Bible and occult fantasies, psychic, metaphysical literature. He was also mm. Pentecostal. Oh. He would pray hourly to the altar that he built in the family attic. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> We're talking some, like, religious fanaticism from a young time. This is one of those dudes. Yeah. Little kid drawing fucking inverted pentagrams all over his... Notebook and shit. I mean, he did receive all nine gifts of the Holy Spirit before he turned 18, whatever that means. I looked up the gifts and... Any good ones? You know, let's let's see. (laughs) I think some of the gifts were like magic powers is at least one of them, so... Fucked up thing about that is with like these guys and the last guys we covered, I can't deny that they had magic powers. Yeah. They did weirder shit than I'll ever do. It's true. Nine gifts of the Holy Spirit... A word of knowledge, increased faith, gifts of healing, the gift of miracles, prophecy, the discernment of spirits, the ability to speak in tongues and interpret tongues. So if you understood that, you have one of the nine gifts. And you have to do us all a favor and throw yourself into a volcano. (laughs) All right. So he was also associated with the Self-Realization Fellowship and the Rosicrucian Order. We don't have time to get into those, but he was involved with them. So he liked this fringy sort of stuff. The um, one thing about the Rosicrucian Order. Yeah. That's another one of those things that just stole a name and used it. The the real Rosicrucians um, are pretty apocryphal, a group of people that may or may not have like really existed or probably did, but the people like the, the end quote secret society that calls themselves the Rosicrucians are, it's just another, just a bunch another of nerds. yeah, it's just another group of these guys. They like get, they charge dues and shit. It's like, <clears throat> don't, don't, don't give them your money and think you're like getting actual ancient wisdom. It's just more of these assholes. They're not the real fucking Rosicrucians. That's all I'll say about that. All right. So Mark served in world war two as a typist for the air force. That's the lamest soldier I've ever heard of. Hmm. I don't know if he ever, like, I saw that he was a typist, but it's very possible that he went to battle because he did say that anyone who tried to attack him would get thrown to the ground by invisible hands. Mm. Yeah. It'd be useful in war. I I imagine the DOD, um, they wouldn't just not use that if they had those resources. Mm -hmm. It was also during World War II that he discovered he could control the weather and the rain. He would just say, stop. (laughs) <laughs> stop it the rain would stop and then he would go all right start <laughs> and there you go so that's where he learned how to do that okay 
Right. I love this guy. <laughs> <laughs> so he returns home. He goes to work in a factory, and that's where he meets his first wife, Phyllis Lee. Ooh, we married a Phyllis. Yep. Phyllis was also Pentecostal. She was very religious, and she was dismayed when he took her to a Rosicrucian convention for their honeymoon. <laughs> like, imagine. <laughs> her honeymoon, Mark? Come on. It's... That's so rude. Take her, like, I don't know. Take her to the Poconos. Wow. Take her somewhere. So she didn't... She Yeah, she was very religious. She did, was not into that shit. So she just left him. No, they had oh. five kids together. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. So she disapproved of his interest in theosophy and stuff. But they had five kids... Um, he supported his family doing door-to-door shit, like selling insurance and vacuums. And he, during this time, he would also do this thing where he would compose and perform affirmations. And he would do this for hours, like oh. in the house, in the car. He would just start rhyming and like making poems and affirmations. So this, yeah, I mean, well, no, okay. I was going to, well, one thing I've... I've found is that like in a lot of writing about like th- these guys, they kind of like a lot of times if you see like that, like people like Mark Prophet were into the occult, mm-hmm. they usually mean the I am activity a lot of times, but they just don't yeah. do the extra effort to separate the two. Right. You, have you noticed that too? They kind of like, they kind of let the I am activity kind of like hide. Do the, yeah. Take the place of any other texts. Yeah. Or like they just assume that it's part of the whole new thought thing or the occult thing. They don't like a lot of writers don't really do the homework to separate. Mm-hmm. The things it, I mean, it kind of is because it's like a lot of it's loosely plagiarized on. Oh yeah, texts, for sure. But he but wasn't reading Crowley. You know what I mean? No, he was probably not. reading, um, you know, unveiled mystery. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. So he starts doing these affirmations and his children even would sometimes like help him <laughs> with finding rhymes. Which is just so odd to picture in my mind. So in 1957, his family had to flee Wisconsin to get away from creditors. Uh, They went to Washington, D.C., where Mark found work with the Postal Service using the fake name Thomas Victor Prophet, but he spelt it differently. So their last last name is literally Prophet, by the way, as in like biblical prophet. Yeah. So fake name Mark uses profit with the F, like money profit, F-I-P-R-O-F-I-T. which is F I P R O F I T. While he's running from creditors. Well, he is. He's Are you fucking <laughs> kidding me? And this is because remember Guy Ballard of the I M activity. He also ended up, you know, in California because he was fucking fleeing from Chicago to get yeah. away from his uh, fucking debt collectors misdeeds. and shit. All right, so that's, <laughs> we're going to leave Mark Prophet there for a little bit. In 1957, him and Phyllis and their five kids are in D.C. And we're going to... Now we're going to meet Betty. Betty. A.K.A. Elizabeth Claire Wolf. Nobody really called her Betty, but I did find it in a, in a few a few things. She seems I, like an Elizabeth. Yeah, or like a Beth, not a Betty, or oh, a Liz. Oh, yeah. She's, def- she's a Beth. Yeah. Right. So she is the future wife and co-messenger to Mark, right? We're going to learn a little bit about her now. Yeah. Concurrent storylines. Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes. All right. So Betty, she was born in Red Bank, New Jersey, 1939. So he was born in 1918. She's born 1939. You do the math. Her father was a former German submarine and boat builder, and her mother was a Swiss-born governess who educated wealthy children. Wow. Yes. I... I think Swiss-born Swiss governess educating 
what, I'm thinking of a dominatrix. Yeah. Trying to find a joke about how old were these children, so, you know? <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, so her mother was an avid reader of Blavatsky, right? Okay. And she also instructed her daughter in Christian science, which could be its own future episode someday, because yeah, that is an odd tradition. Well, and we know uh, I Am Activity specifically targeted uh, Christian science and had a lot of yes. inroads with Christian science. It's true. Uh, and Betty's father was a piece of shit alcoholic with a violent temper. So later in life, she would say that he was the literal, like, devil. Like the devil. Like Peshuga? Is that Peshuga? Oh, that's also a term for chicken breast. He oh, he was a breast. <laughs> um <laughs> I probably typed in the wrong thing. <laughs> uh devil chicken. It just it comes up with a recipe for El Pollo Diablo. <laughs> It's a thing. I want to make some pollo diablo. Um, fuck yeah, that'd be good. <laughs> Where the fuck am I getting that from? Somebody will let me know. Um, <laughs> all right, so her dad was the devil. She also experienced absence seizures as a child. Interesting. Yeah, so I think she she probably had like uh, focal seizures, like in her temporal. Yeah, lobe. temporal lobe epilepsy. Yeah, where you kind of just like. Forget where well, you are, what you're doing, which I experience as well. So um, they, they've they've kind of located uh, th- there's a, a line of research about temp- the temporal lobe and temporal lobe epilepsy and its connection to religious experiences. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and um, if anyone's ever seen uh, Hellier, they use that thing the the God helmet they call it, which is like a band of electrodes around the head, and when they're doing like the spirit box thing, trying Does to talk it, to like, ghosts, stimulate the. Yeah, it's it's a device from um, I believe it was invented by Stanford University. Uh, trying to study the temporal lobe and temporal lobe epilepsy and its connection to mystical religious experiences. And they can, you can stimulate the temporal lobe using electromagnetic waves and shit. And you can induce like visions in people by yeah. using magnets to stimulate the temporal yeah, lobe. Yeah, so that's yeah. very interesting that uh, I used to, um, I would put my headphones on and I would bring up like, there's this, Daft Punk visual album that you can watch on YouTube where it like Sick. plays the song and it like does a light show and like visuals. But of course there's an epilepsy warning on it, but I'm like, Oh fuck it. <laughs> I, I watch it purposely to like in- yeah. induce those sort of like out of body weird experiences because yeah, it, yeah. It, it it is very spiritual. So she experiences that. But then one day she falls out of a tree. Oh fuck. Um, <laughs> uh, she couldn't drive due to it either. No shit. Yeah, so that, you know, it limited her freedom. And one day when she was 18, she said a prayer in her parents' library, and she asked God if there was anything in that library that he had placed there for her to see right now. Bit presumptuous, but all right. Yes, and she heard God say back to her, go to the shelf. She goes to the shelf, take up that book. And she takes up that book. Take it up. She, she reads it. And so she picks up the book and she opens it to a random page. And who who is on that page but Ascended Master St. Germain? Oh, fuck no. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> that would stay in, you fucker. <laughs> that was the best time birth ever. Um, so, yeah, she finds like an I Am Activity book with, you Fuck's know. sake. Probably one of the Ballard's books. Pro- was- probably like Mysteries Unveiled or whatever. I'm starting to believe that St. Germain's real. Yeah. And he's evil. Right. And he's watching me. (laughs) (laughs) 
All right. So she sees the picture of St. Germain and now she knows that it's going to be one of her life goals to like sort of move towards the direction of where St. Germain is. No. She goes to Antioch College. She finishes at Boston University where she meets her first husband, whose name is like Dag Yaldboth or something. Um, that's <laughs> is that the name of a demon? What the <laughs> fuck is that? <laughs> that's what I thought too. Yeah. All right. She she meets her, or she marries her first husband in 1960. Well, unfortunately for Dag, she meets Mark in 1961. <laughs> <laughs> and unfortunately for Phyllis as well. All right. <laughs> Because they, they meet during one of his Summit Lighthouse presentations. But first we need to talk about, like, what the fuck is the Summit Lighthouse? How are we getting there? Yeah, so he's already started the Summit Lighthouse at this point. Yeah, when they meet. Okay. She, they meet, like, she's first his student before she's his mistress. Yes. But not for very long. No, I can't imagine that. Right. So at the age of 40, Mark practiced and perfected his impersonation of Ascended Master El Moira. Who's, you know, who, oh, fuck it. And if you're curious, who are these ascended masters we're bringing up? Well, the ascended masters Go are- Go back and listen to the last yeah. episodes. I'll just do a little brief overview. The ascended masters are a group of beings who once were people that went through so many incarnations of life that finally they did everything right. They balanced out all of their karma. Now they exist in another realm and they have come back or they come back and present themselves to certain individuals to help other humans reach ascension. It's really stupid and it it's dumb. It's the whole thing we're talking about with these series. Is cool. Yes. Yeah. And they're trying to overthrow the government. <laughs> yes, indeed. To this so, day. Master El Moira, um, what makes him different from the other masters is that he has brown skin. All right. So, oh, we're getting a little progressive as we yeah, get into yes, the indeed. back half of the 20, 20, yeah. 20th century. So Mark as El Moira, because, you know, he's, he's channeling El Moira, who is, don't even worry about who he is. It's not a person. It's just a, it's a thing. Blavatsky wrote about Moira. Um, he would, she, he, I think he was one of the, one of the original masters. I think he was probably a real person and his name just got I think adopted so too. Yeah, into yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, I think he actually was a real dude. All right. So Mark, as El Moira, starts writing these letters that he calls the ashram notes. And of course he wrote these using, um, his fake name, Thomas Victor Prophet too. So God it's, it. it's Thomas Victor Prophet, but it's also El Moira. Yeah. But Thomas Victor Prophet is the one putting out. So there's like layers to the shit. Speaking through him. Right. Well, Mark also found, you know, when he's doing these ashram notes, the best audience for him is old ladies. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because he's sort of, you know, he's got that jaw. He's got more than enough jaw. He's got enough jaw for two men. So he's <laughs> good at impressing these older women. Is that the secret? A good jaw? Big jaw? <laughs> yeah. Maybe. I don't know. So... Older women kind of formed the base of his of his thing in the early days. So he was sort of he was testing it out with the ashram notes, and he was also he was smart enough to surround himself with decent, credible people like these older ladies. You know, he wasn't just pulling on any old bag lady, right, from, right, from the streets and being like, "Come to my," ch-. you know, these were like high society women, which lent him some credibility and some credit. Yeah, and some pussy. Ugh. Some gum jobs, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what he was getting into. <laughs> so he he begins the Summit Lighthouse in 1958 because, you know, they are a 
He wants to be a beacon of light. They're, yeah. they're the summit point. Yeah, it's obvious what they're doing with the name. Yeah, yeah, It's yeah, yeah. an interesting name for a church and a movement because it doesn't sound really like it's a church. Right. But it's it a, is. I think there's, um, well, uh, the Jehovah's Witnesses, their publication is called The Watchtower. Yeah. I think, and then there's it's, also yeah. one thing from the I Am Activity I didn't talk about. It's a famous picture um, called, like, it's the something chart Mm-hmm. Um, which is basically like a uh, one of their stupid pastel painting paintings of someone like ascending on this like like well looks like a crystal of light right. into uh, like a sun and then there's yeah, a master yeah, yeah. in the sun. I imagine like that like it looks like a lighthouse that right. painting you know. And he received the money for starting the lighthouse from a karmic grant, aka Ruth Jones. Karmic grant. <laughs> yeah. Like, Explain, whatever the please. fuck that means. I have no explanation for you. I would really like a karmic grant. Yeah, I would too. Come <laughs> on. Ascended Master Elmoira, why are you ignoring me? Uh. Okay. Do you want to open up Mark's story of... This is why he says he started Summit Lighthouse. I'm going to tell you the real reason while you open that up. Okay. He had exhausted and failed every other means of employment that he tried to pursue. He was hounded by creditors to the point where he had to change his fucking name and he was, he had no other options. He's like, I just, I guess I'll start a religion. I mean, he's going to just do Hubbard's bit, I guess. Yeah. Worse than Hubbard, but still, still not bad. He certainly left behind a legacy. It's a lot of a, a lot of people's bits, man. You can do it. Oh yeah, I'm gonna do it. No my words, no. <laughs> well, we'll get people to give us money other ways. I know. Don't worry. I know. I'm just worried. <laughs> I know. I'm gonna have to live in this box my entire life. <laughs> it's great acoustics in this refrigerator box. Mm. <laughs> All right. It's actually, an Orgone Energy container. That yes. <laughs> God damn it. Okay. All right, we're ready. One summer, I was working on the section laying steel for the Omaha Railroad. As the locomotive bell was approaching the switch engine, there came a loud noise of the bell, clang, clang, oh boy. clang, clang, clang. Oh, my God. And suddenly, the bell began to go in a very loud and melodic manner and with a certain vibratory quality that seemed to be continually a stepping up of the tempo. And if you won't make fun of me, I'll give you some idea of how it sounded. Whoa. And suddenly around me there appeared a cloud. And as I brought my pickup into the air, during an interval of one second, five minutes of words were communicated to me. Out of the cloud, a voice spoke and said to me, my son, my son, And then I heard one of the great masters in the Far East speaking to me. And he had a specific work for the brotherhood to communicate to me. Now, of course, I thought I was crazy. Until the following day, a thundering rap at the door announced by Western Union a verification of the very message the master had given me the day before. Yeah, okay. That's it. Sure. Western Union came and yeah. was like, we have this letter from El Moira for you. <laughs> Fucking masters sending letters. By also, West- his, his sound effects, clang, clang, clang. Because well, he, like, he did the knock when um, the Western Union shows up. And then I realized that that, that knock that had been going the entire time, that hypnotic 
It's literally he a was hypnotic. Doing that. Yeah. Yeah. He's doing hypnotic inductions as he speaks. Yeah. 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 Which I have a, a great attunement for. It's really quite clever. I don't know. The way he speaks, it, he's got the, the hypnotic um, preacher voice down, but also he, he does do those, he does the hand motions too that are very hypnotic and yeah. the, the sound effects. And he's also like, I don't know. I like his stupid little me, 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 you know? <laughs> it's Makes a, him fun. It's entirely different from the emotional pyrotechnics we heard from Guy Ballard last week. Yeah, he's much more of a storyteller. Yeah. He's way more like, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, interesting. So, Just a, it's, it's interesting seeing these different techniques of, indeed. Of, of, of hooking people. So him and Elizabeth meet in the early 60s in 1961 during a Summit Lighthouse meeting in Boston. Uh, and then shortly after their meeting— Elizabeth uh, claims that she was walking in the park and saw El Moira. And El Moira told her, you know, that meeting that you just attended. I know you loved that shit. You were, you were goo goo gaga over that shit. What you need to do is go down to Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. You need to be trained as a messenger for me, okay? Because we need a feminine messenger, all mm. right? Mark, he's got the masculine side down, but we need you, so go to D.C. So at this point, um, together, Elizabeth helps Mark form the Keeper of the Flame Fraternity, which is uh-huh. authorized by El Moira and the Darjeeling Council. <laughs> um, and St. Germain is the knight commander and head of the fraternity. These words mean nothing if you're confused. They mean nothing. They mean nothing at all. <laughs> Just words she saw yeah. on the back of a box of tea. Right. So keep in mind. She doesn't um, know where fucking Darjeeling is. He's like midlife crisis at this point. Like, okay, he's got like a wife and five kids. His wife like hates all this mumbo jumbo. Like they're fucking broke. Um, He's old enough to be Elizabeth's dad. God damn. And he's just smitten with her. She's this sweet young thing. Uh, Both of them are married, but mm -hmm. (laughs) it makes it even more hot. Oops. So they have to carry on this affair in secret, you know, lest the congregation learn that their paragon of virtue is, you know, but actually it's okay because they're twin flames. Right. They were meant to be together. Right. So all of this, all of the cheating, everything, it's just, it it was preordained by God to to bring them to each other, their trials and everything. Twin flames, again, is the uh, idea from all this Ascended Master nonsense that uh, soul can be separated at creation. They call it a twin ray, actually. Well, they did, and then that got turned into the twin. Do they use twin ray or twin flame? Twin ray. Okay, so that term was specifically invented by Guy and Edna Ballard. Yeah. Um, And it got turned into twin flame, but it's the same idea. Right, right. uh, And then the the two people, it's, you know, are meant to, maybe they don't end up together, but they're they're meant to, they're two souls accomplishing the same work. It's Leads to some really unhealthy so just remember, about things. Infidelity doesn't count if it's with your twin flame. And also remember, twin flames aren't real. Yeah. <laughs> Not a real thing. Especially that. All right. So Mark and Elizabeth, they get married in March 1963, five days after their divorces were finalized. He does not pay the mandatory child support to the five kids he left with his ex. Wow, I'm, that, I'm um, so surprised. He also does not buy them the house that he was court ordered to get for them. So his ex had to start working three fucking jobs. <laughs> and remember, um, just, <laughs> just three years later, by the way, 
Mark is living in a mansion with servants. Oh my God. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah. Three okay. years later? Yeah. Whoa. Mm-hmm. So shit kicked off. Shit kicked off. Yeah. Again, this is the second time we've seen like things starting to happen really fast to people. Yeah. Once they, it's true. Once they reach a certain like point, tipping point. So what she was doing is she was writing a lot of the dictations and decrees and they were sending them out. They were sending out these newsletters and they were doing a lot of mailing um, business. But also Mark was traveling the country with some of their staff and sort of okay. doing these like on the road shows where yeah, he, yeah. he would, you know, he would go travel around and, and meet people. Yeah, doing the traveling preacher thing. Yeah. So they bought their first home together in Virginia. They paid for it with their dictations. <laughs> yeah. But they were able to finally move into a bigger home in 1966, which is when Mark hit the road. All right. Yeah. He's, uh, you know, he's going to go around the country with his assistant and personal foot massager, <laughs> Alex Reichart. Oh, boy. Yes. So here's where we're going to start talking about like how Mark treated staff and it's hard to imagine because we haven't, there's no, um, there's no pictures for you to look at right now, listener or any video. And there's, there's not really much to actually present, but they were fairly sizable at this point, fairly popular at this point as well. So we got Alex, right? And, Mark's relationship with him is really weird. Like 50 shades of gray type weird. Well, uh. like there's no penetration or <laughs> but it is sort of this the servitude to Mark that Alex displayed yeah. was like next level to the point where he he wrote a whole fucking book <laughs> about like how awesome it was to serve Mark. Alex did? Yeah. No okay. shit. Like Apparently, Alex, you twerp was a common refrain, as well as, you know, a lot of name calling. Um, oh, that's, he was, that's fun, though. Yeah. That's he, a fun name to call someone. You twerp. You twerp. He was called an idiot, a nincompoop. <laughs> um, within the group, they also had this tradition of knighting people. They sometimes referred to themselves as Camelot. Oh, you know, boy. In a past life, Mark was Lancelot, and Elizabeth was Guinevere, so, of course. Oh, um, okay. God damn it. Yeah. And St. Germain was Merlin. Duh. Okay. That's where that comes from. Okay. Gotcha. (laughs) Got it. Yeah. So Alex, he gets knighted as, you know, part of Camelot. And he's knighted as St. Bernard, (laughs) which is a joke about him being Mark's dog due to his dog-like loyalty. Like, come on, y'all. You really, like, love bullying this man, don't you? Oh, boy. So one time, um, Mark... Got into an accident on the, his motorcycle, and Alex was riding bitch, because of course he was. <laughs> and uh, they got into an accident where they both got kind of scuffed up, and Mark was upset with Alex because it was it was apparently his fault. Well... Like, sir, you were the, were you not the one controlling the... I mean, if the person on the back, though, I mean, I, if the person it, on the back is like fidgeting around, like shifting their weight and shit, yeah. that can go very badly. So it it's could have, it doesn't sound like the brightest dude either. It could have been his fault. He blamed Alex for 
everything. Mm. One time, Mark was unable to control the fog when he wanted to, because remember, his <laughs> magic um, weather powers. Yeah, he's got weather magic. Yeah, and, and he couldn't do it. And he was like, Alex, you little fucker, if only you believed in me. My God. You don't believe in me hard enough. He follows you around everywhere. He believes in you I know. the whole way. Well, it was Alex's fault for not believing in him hard enough. God damn. So, like, but everything is his fault. There's one story <laughs> where Alex served Mark breakfast in his bedroom. What and, the fuck? And Mark thought that Alex looked a little bit too nervous for his liking. So he threw the tray of food at him and said, forget about yourself and just serve. Oh, my God. What? <laughs> Yeah. What a what a fucking chowderhead. <laughs> so that's that's a little bit of, you know, how Yeah. How we treated how his guy, assistant Alex. Yeah. But Alex loved it, just so we're clear. He that's he true. fucking got yeah. off on it. God he loved it. this shit. So I want to talk uh, a little bit more about Mark's other supernatural. Yeah, yeah. Just how spooky was this guy? Well, as as we know, he had the the nine gifts. Yes. And he also said that he had the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> so I don't know if those are completely different gifts, if those are similar. I, I don't know. He also had third eye vision. Third eye vision. Yes. What do you think that means? It means, <laughs> means a YouTube channel that plays music with cheap visualizers at 522 hertz or some dumb yeah, bullshit. Yeah, 432, baby. Yeah, yeah. That's Well, they got a whole bunch of other ones now That's for the true. different purposes. All, all the shit. different solfeggio magic frequencies mm-hmm. that heal you when you listen to them. And if you put them into your actual like digital uh, audio interface, you'll find out that they are not indeed 528 hertz. They're just telling you that. Do they really do that? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I mean, I'm sure some of them shit. actually are, but like for sure. I mean, how the fuck do you know? So he had third eye vision, which enabled him to read minds, auras, and also access the Akashic record. Hmm. Now that's a strange term you may have encountered in your it's life. It's my favorite record store. Yeah. Akashic records. Oh my God. That would be a cool place to go Dude, to. Dude, fuck yeah. I'm going to cut that so I, no one steals it from us. <laughs> <laughs> So the Akashic Records are an old school theosophical idea started by HPB herself. And of course, like all big old hot peanut butter, big old hot peanut butter. (laughs) (laughs) Hell yeah. So she, she said it uh, it was the Akashic Records or Akasha was a sort of life force. And she referred to uh, these indestructible tablets of the astral light, which recorded both the past and future of human thought and action. But she didn't actually use the term Akashic. It was later on, like after she died, like Henry yeah. Steele Alcott and uh, Alfred Percy Sinnott, who, you know, expanded the idea further. But then there was uh, our friend C.W. Ledbetter, his book, Oh, no Clairvoyance. shit, that piece of shit, huh? Yeah, he identified- that pedophile piece of shit. He's the guy who identified the Akashic Records by name as something a clairvoyant could read. Okay, well, Mark can access the- yeah. And Alice Bailey really expanded the okay, idea. Yeah. So Akashic Records comes from those That's assholes. From that bullshit. Okay. Got Listen it. Listen to episode zero of the uh, <laughs> Master's Inquisition. Oh, my God. So that's what he could access. All right. Yeah. yeah. And he could also read minds, which he'd love to, like, use that idea against his followers. Interesting. Honestly, you don't even have to be able to read minds. If you convince someone you can read their mind, mm-hmm. that's good enough. Yeah, like man. that's you don't even need to know how you can also read people's minds. 
Absolutely. If like, you know them well enough. And they're also doing extreme thought and behavior modification and control. So they probably do know what everyone's thinking. Yeah. And like, you know, even just like as an idea of a bit, like you can read body language and then and like yeah. pheromones are a real thing. Absolutely. Dogs can smell fear. They can smell happy. Like the, these are all, it's chemical sense. Like in it, no matter what you believe, like reading minds is possible. Cold reading. You can tell certainly, what someone's not certainly saying. Certainly in a sense, you definitely can yeah. read minds. So he also, he believed that there was an ascended master retreat like that existed in the spirit world above Lake Titicaca, which is not surprising at all because Mark loved titties and he loved caca. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a nice lake. <laughs> no, I have to believe. I have to believe that he chose it I for think the he must have for the name because he was guy. funny. I think that's he, why. He's a funny like, guy, I gotta say. He would say that he was going on fact-finding missions that the the Great White Brotherhood, which is just, you know, a, a beings of light that Another are name blah, for blah, the blah, ass blah. masters, you know. Yeah. They would send him out to on these missions. But he would be at the porno theater. Like, this man, he loves some titties and he loves some caca. All right. And, of course, like, his own, his past lives were of all the greatest and, and smartest people, you know. Chinalingus. <laughs> uh, that's what I was thinking, because that's what the chin is good for, is when I wasn't going to say it, but, like, the chin is good for going down, because you can, like, rub, rub the chin up against all the... Yeah, especially if he lets the stubble grow out a little bit. It's like a little textured, like, sex toy. <laughs> 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 he, was given, he was given all the old ladies chinolingus. <laughs> uh, chinamidia. Oh, God. <laughs> no, he wasn't. Maybe he was. I don't know. Yeah, so he has his own past lives where all the greatest people... Henry Longfellow, Lancelot, I, you know, all all the the usuals. Um, he was Aesop, Aesop's favorite, a bunch of biblical people. Yeah, you get the point. And he would also hand out past lives of other, you know, rich, famous, talented people oh my to God. his followers based on how much money they donated. Are you fucking so, kidding me? So if you were favored, right, in Summit Lighthouse, you attended a lot of meeting, meetings, you donated a lot of money, well, oh my God, you're, you're, you're Queen Victoria. <laughs> like, holy shit, I can't believe it. <laughs> I mean, okay, I would buy a certificate that said, like, that you have, you are officially so and so in a past life. Yeah, for if it was like twenty five bucks. Yeah. And came framed. Yeah. I, I'd buy it. I don't right. know. It's fun. That's fun. It is. It, he also claimed that he was a member of K 17s Cosmic Secret Service. God fucking damn it. Yeah. K seventeen, of course, was the uh, is the, the as- one ascended spy. master that showed up in person at the I am activity, and uh, he was the guy that said they were, you know. Awakened ones in the in the halls of government just waiting for George Washington to ride in there to overthrow the government. Of course, he was an actor. I found an interesting thing the other day. Did you? I was Googling K-17. Yeah. And I found a K-17 security service. Well, Mark was a part of it. He was part of the cosmic It was a private, it's just a private security company in, um, in Washington. 
And Washington D.C. Yeah, well, or like that's... right outside of Washington D.C. Mm-hmm. And it's um, it's the only it's like basically the only thing I found in Google that wasn't like part of a serial number or K seventeen from the IM activity. Right or K seventeen the the gene the keratin. Right, right. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. K seventeen. K seventeen. Keep an eye out for it. All right, so he was a member of the Cosmic Secret Service, whatever the fuck that means. Not a real thing. It means that he could sense demons, entities, and discarnate spirits, oh. I guess. And by the way, they're everywhere. Oh, they're still everywhere. Yeah. It's fucking everywhere. Like, he wouldn't buy Ford vehicles <laughs> because the the real Henry Ford II had been stolen from his cradle and replaced with a baby full of forces of darkness. Ah! What, I, so that's why, <laughs> like... I found a poem from him where he sings like the praises of, of Chevy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Chevy Auto. Even though it breaks down all the time. Right. But it's really funny. That's because, you know, Ford's fucking evil because well, they, they had a son that didn't agree with them politically. Right. Because Henry Ford, one, was a fucking Nazi. Right. Henry Ford, I'm just, I know nothing about Henry Ford, too, but I'm guessing he, didn't he agree wasn't. with his dad. So yeah, he, he was wasn't. obviously replaced with a baby full of. Just a Darkness. little baby flesh bag full of fucking bad yeah. entities. Also, um, speaking of bad entities, there's also, you know, gay people bad. Yeah, of course. Yeah, if you're not white, bad. I could have guessed that one. Yeah, so that's just, just put that on the table. We already knew that. It barely even needs to be said at this point. I just assumed but, it. Yeah, he also, he envisioned a theocracy. Right, wherein Summit Lighthouse would become the religion of the country somehow, the state religion of America. But they're doing it too. Yeah, and he, Mark, as the physical embodiment of Saint Germain, would be crowned the real leader of the USA. Uh, like fat just, fucking chance, buddy. He's just doing. That's Guy's bit. He's doing Guy's bit. Now I'm upset for Guy. He's doing Even Guy's though I bit. hate Guy Ballard and Edmund more than I've ever hated anyone in my life, I'd, he has more of a right to... Yeah, he just... He's spookier it, than you, Mark. Yeah. He's spookier than you are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And speaking of copying the Ballards from the IM activity, you know how they had their golden particle accelerator chair? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The electric chair. Yeah, the well... chair. Well, Mark had... <laughs> The Ascension chair. God damn it. The fucking Ascension chair, which was, by the way, just a regular chair. It was just a chair? It was just a regular chair that was maybe a little fancy. People would sit in it, and Mark would sit with them across from them and read their auras and tell them how close they are to salvation. Fuck's sake. Yeah. Did, it have, did it have anything to do with how much money they gave him? Probably. Yeah. yeah. He could like read their karmic balance, AKA like how, you know, how much more do you need to give me before you get into, uh, before you can ascend. Ugh. So what happened to the Ascension chair? I'm sure we're all wondering. I am. To be perfect. I honest. am. <laughs> I am that I am. I, I am the wondering of the fate of the Ascension chair. Yeah. Um, well it was abolished. When the organization started to become more popular, they said, yeah, get, get, the chair. get out of here, Ascension Chair. Put, put the chair, put the chair away. Some other things that, that stop, they stopped um, doing so much when the organization became more popular. Um, well, they stopped saying that there are entries to inner earth at the North and South Pole. Is that, that was something they used to say. Oh, man, they shouldn't have stopped that. People love that shit nowadays. People they'll do eat that shit. That they'll shit. get fucking more popular than yeah. ever. They stopped saying that there's mole people who live below the surface and travel back up through elevators, which is fun. 
There are those people that live under New York City. <laughs> are they mole people? Are they have No, no, but this guy hates other yeah. people. Um, one of the more interesting things I found was that they said that black people were created by the Nephilim in order because the Nephilim got uh thirsty in their spacecraft and they needed black people to create beer for them. I, what? Yeah, what? Listen, we just have to move on from that. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm down. I'm down. Yeah, no. Because what just, the yeah. fuck? No. Yeah. Yep. So they stopped claiming these things because I think they realized we need to attract a more like sophisticated audience because you know who has more moolah? You know, not people who believe in mole people. <laughs> <laughs> Funnily enough. Or, <laughs> yeah. In 1966, they also purchased property over in Colorado Springs. They they get La Terrell, the tower, mm. you know, which very, um, uh, I'm thinking of the tarot card, yeah. the tower. Yeah, and I'm, like, I'm thinking of the Marseille tarot. Like, if is La Terrell French for the tower? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so that is where where they live. There's no more useless old ladies now, okay? You're only allowed to stay if you have money to donate. Otherwise, you're just fucking taking up space at the mansion. We don't have space at La Terrell for any useless old people, right? Yeah. And the staff live there, too, for little to no pay, and they get to sleep in, like, uh, sleeping bags in the attic or basement. Oh, my God. I know. Come on, guys. Yeah, really. That are, like, not air-conditioned or anything either, or, you know. The staff is, they're living in the mansion, but in shitty conditions. Just eat more raw almonds. Your, your jaw will get stronger. You'll have yeah. a bigger chin. You don't have to do this. <laughs> so, okay. Let's hear a little bit more about La Terrell and the yearly freedom rally that they would hold. Freedom rally? Yeah. They're oh. very, um... They're, Very patriotic, right? Obviously. Again, again, another. You know, this is this is a theme. Yeah, uh, this is like this is the same philosophy. This is the same religion. You know. God oh, damn! All right. In Colorado Springs, Colorado, our focus was called the Retreat of the Resurrection Spiral, also known as La Terrell. It is one of the most beautiful settings you could ever imagine. We always look forward with great pleasure to the arrival of students for a conference and to Mark's opening day address. You would find his lectures full of every kind of joke and story you could imagine. Yet they were filled with great cosmic insights. Yeah, let's Let's listen to the master storyteller. Tell the story about the man, his son, and the donkey. It's like the old story of the man who was crossing the bridge and he had a donkey and uh, he had a little young son. And so, they were both leading the donkey along and the gentleman came along and he said, how very, very foolish. Why in the world are you both walking when the donkey is well able to carry you both? Well, he thought he would try it himself because he was older than the son. So he got on first and then the son led the donkey and someone came along and they said, you ought to be ashamed of yourself, old man. There you are, riding that donkey. Why don't you let your little son get on? So he put his son on. Another man came along and he said, why this is ridiculous. He said, that donkey's able to carry you both. Second time, so they both hopped on the donkey. The donkey went across another bridge. 
And then they were coming to another bridge and a man came along and he said, you ought to be ashamed of yourself, both of you riding that poor donkey. Why don't you carry the donkey? <laughs> so they whittled a pole out and leather thongs and they tipped the donkey upside down and they carried him over the stream and the thongs broke right in the middle and down he went into the stream and that's all, that's exactly what happened, you see. Because human opinions would drive us half crazy if we let ourselves and we never understand the truth because the truth is so simple. Yeah. The donkey fucking dies. Yeah. Like, they just fucking drop the donkey. I don't know. What was the point of that? I thought that that... Yeah, what was the point of that? Um, I thought that that story was actually, like, the perfect metaphor for his followers, like, carrying him (laughs) with a fucking donkey on their shoulders. And then just, like, just dropping him. Being like, oh, you had a stroke and died. (laughs) (laughs) We've been carrying you too long. You got too heavy. Bye. I mean, really? What an ass. No, really, what an ass. <laughs> Maybe I'm being hard on him, but... No, are you I, kidding me? I, I'm not, though. This stuff is terrible. You can't there, You there's, you can't be hard enough on these fucking assholes. It's true. And, like, okay, maybe, there, maybe there's people out there that are like, why are you being so hard on them? Fuck well, these guys. We haven't even gotten to... Listen, in part two, this shit's going to pop off. They're going to be building multi-million dollar bunkers that people are giving their, their life savings to that yeah. for, a, for a doomsday that doesn't happen. Okay? Just keep with us. We already we know they're continuing a philosophy that told people that to kill is their stupid. pets. Told and that people they, to kill their fucking pets. Right. So at this point, they begin sending out a weekly publication called Pearls of Wisdom. That includes channeled messages yes. from Almoira and St. Germain and all those people. Elizabeth is now uh, mother of the flame. Mm. You know, so she's starting to take on um, other titles, other mother, more motherly titles. Mm, not just uh, the prophet's mistress, but uh, a holy right. person in her own. Her co-messenger at this co-messenger, point, too. Yeah. She's the prophet's wife, baby. Oh, right. Yeah. She's they're, they're Elizabeth Prophet. They married five days after that divorce. Yeah, they yeah. couldn't wait. So <laughs> we got to get a contract on got, this shit stat. <laughs> they got married two years after they met. So they, there's probably a, quite a bit of canoodling going on. Oh, I'm sure they canoodling up the wazoo. Yeah. So now we're in the 70s. Okay. And people are depressed again. <laughs> People are, they need a message. Sure do. Yeah. They take a trip to India, which is, um, it's basically a photo op to get pictures with like Gandhi and the Dalai Lama. They take, yeah, yeah. they take along 50 keepers of the flame with them, which just means, you know. Like the, the inner order. Yeah. Inner circle. Yeah. Uh, they also. The IP they, membership tier. In 1970, they found the Montessori International School in Colorado Springs. Wait, they started Montessori schools? No, they didn't, but they opened one up. Okay. Yeah, so gotcha. they, okay. they opened up a Montessori school. It was Montessori school, Montessori, was, that was based on like Rudolf Steiner, right? And Anthroposophy? I don't know enough to talk on it. Okay. But I... I also feel like that's that's hashtag content for a future thing. So the seventies, like they're they're getting some stuff done, right? Yeah, yeah. And also, Summit Lighthouse is really big on traveling. Yeah, like they travel all over the country. They travel to different countries. They take pictures all over. They really are all about like 
boots on the ground sort of, um, they want to grab you in person. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, I mean, they learned all the lessons from the Ballards. Indeed. Speaking of the Ballards, in February 1971, Mama Edna Ballard tragically died, as we know. Yeah. And although she had never approved of Summit Lighthouse or Mark in life. So they weren't, she wasn't cool with, uh, with this oh, shit. Oh, no. She was no. like, you are not approved messengers of St. Germain. I'm the fucking accredited messenger. Yeah, you guys are fucking fakers. But when she died, her spirit appeared <laughs> to Mark. The <laughs> day of her death, in fact. <laughs> Probably the hour, too. Yeah. Um, yeah. To apologize to him. Yeah. And grant him and Elizabeth her approval. Yep. She ah. said, I'm so sorry, you guys. I'm so sorry that I didn't like, I didn't support oh you more God. when I was alive because you guys actually are the only living oh. authorized messengers. So, that's what you fucking get, you evil old bag. Oh my God. Yeah. It's so beautiful. <laughs> I love it. Like literally the day, the day she ah. dies, Mark is just waiting in the wings to just swoop in there and be like, Oh, yeah. Uh, this, this is our shit now. Wow. Just like Ledbetter and Bassant did when, yeah. when HPB died. Time is a flat fucking circle, man. Indeed. All right. <laughs> so, wow. The poetry. The poetry. Throughout all of these stories, it's just amazing. The poetry. So, so the last of the Ballards have passed away. Well, Donald goes two years later, but, you know, he's not, he's not the, main, the main event no. like Edna was. So they've got their approval from yeah. Edna yeah. to do that. Yeah, she's got, got their proof. And they're, um, they've cemented themselves as the new face of yeah. the, the whole I am ascended yeah. master shit. Like, if you want to be in with it, you're probably going to get in with them. Like, well, what, I was, what I was thinking about is, because um, I, I haven't researched these guys as much as you have. I've been looking into some other stuff in the last uh, week or so. And it, it's interesting to me, because as we talked about... Last week, I think um, all the millions of tens of millions of dollars that the ballots had mm-hmm. disappeared. Yeah, where'd it go? Right. And so what's interesting to me is that, like, and what I'm going to talk about um, on a future episode uh, well, their um, publishing company still exists. Well, yes, exactly. Uh, but the it's Saint interesting that uh, right here we see that the Summit Lighthouse and uh, Church Universal Triumphant kind of takes the they're the ones that start running with the public out in the open. Yes. Re- front-facing religious side of, of this philosophy. Oh, definitely. Whereas yeah. the, the St. Germain Foundation and these guys, they kind of go underground. Mm-hmm. They kind of start, like, that money just disappears and weird things start happening under the surface, which we'll talk right. about in a future which, episode. honestly, Mark and Elizabeth doing their thing so publicly, well, um, St. Germain Foundation and the remnants of the IM activity sort of slide under the radar. Yeah. That's a good thing for them. Yes, They're it is. They're probably happy about that. They're like, oh, yeah, guys, you can Fuck be the yeah. public face. Go right ahead. What I was wondering is how close— how accurate was Mark in when Edna died? Like, when did he announce that she had come to him? Was that like way later or was it like, did he have weird uh, knowledge of, of, did he have someone in fucking Santa Fe, like phoning him? Oh, they, I mean, they knew. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, They knew. Like they were. They had connections. Yeah, Yeah. for sure. They had connections. Um, If they would have had, he was not, it's not like he could have gone on fucking Reddit and, and seen the, seen the headline. Uh, right, right. You had to have someone like call him or read in the newspaper, I guess, or whatever. Yeah. So now at this point, 
you know, Mama Ballard's gone. It's 1971. Spoiler alert, Mark's going to croak in two years. Oh, shit. (laughs) So now we can just really spend some time with what it was like at Summit Lighthouse. Because after he passes away, like with every spiritual movement leader that passes away, someone's going to swoop in and and grab that torch and carry it on. This time it's going to be his wife. Yes. Yeah. So let's just spend some time with Summit Lighthouse before it turns into Church Universal and Triumphant. How many members do they have now at this point? God, I don't know. Okay. I feel like that's something that I should know. Yeah. I know that they had about 40 staff members. Yeah. And because the thing is, they were they were like a traveling gig, yeah. right? And they also had these rallies and these conferences, too. It seems like a harder thing to quantify how many members. It is, because it was never like there was a bunch of people living on a compound at one time. Right. It was more like they had a family home. And they had staff live there, but they did not have followers live there, if you get what I mean. No, yeah, definitely. It was more like, um, we're running a business, and we want our business to be operated out of our mansion. But they were pulling in tons of money, so they definitely had a big-ass following. Yeah. Yeah. At at, at the very least, there's probably people that bought their literature and subscribed to their Pearls of Wisdom weekly publication without even really knowing what the whole thing was about. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's sort of harder to—it's not like a club you would join. It's— Yeah, it's more like if you thought that this this zine was cool and you wanted to receive it. Right, right. Like— like how that many, doesn't necessarily mean you're a member. How many followers do we have? Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so yeah, now we're just going to like hang out and um, talk about Summit Lighthouse. Yeah, let's hang and, out around the lighthouse. Right. Okay. I want to bring up the cube. Please do. I don't know what the cube is, but fuck okay. yeah. Well, so Mark Prophet. <laughs> yep. His chakras were so full of light. They were so fucking full of light. There's too much light, and the light needs to be released. And he had it to, always needs to be released. He had to release that light pretty often, <laughs> um, which was quite a chore for Elizabeth. I'm sure. Yeah, because, you know, Mark's 20 years older. He's like, mm. she, so she needs to be hot and ready for him. Right. Sometimes she just doesn't feel so hot for him. So what does she need? Um, she needs four men. Oh, At the ready. My God. To warm her up for him. Because you see, a cube has six sides. So Elizabeth and Mark, they're two sides of the cube. But there needs to be four other people to make up the cube. What? Yeah. <laughs> I bet you didn't see this coming. Nope. <laughs> wow. Liz, you dirty. Like. Matthew. I know. Oh, by the way, the um, they're very anti-sex outwardly facing. So this is what's happening on the inside, by the way. Yeah. So Mark's not turning her on enough. So she needs the cube, (laughs) which is a, this is a group of young male staff members to keep her hot and horny for him. They would also like massage her, you know? Wow. Yeah. So she's got the cube. That's perverse. I'm sure he has his cube too, except his cube is more like a dodecahedron or like it has many, many sides, many Mm. sides. It's 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 uh, non Euclidean really, geometry. Yeah, really. Like you think four four men sounds like a lot, but he, <laughs> you know, really, she's getting the short end of the stick over here. She's only got four. He's got who knows how many. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, 
fuck. He's got I'm Alex. Gonna, I'm never going to, yeah, look at cubes the same way. <laughs> I want to also share this really strange story from a guy named Brewster Freeland. Um, okay. Talking about how Mark would spiritually wrestle with his staff. He was very, um, he liked to roughhouse. He was one of those, you know, like a dude that likes to. Yeah, throw his chin around. Yeah. (laughs) Throw his chin around the ring. In that regard, I have to tell you one little story about, we used to, he he wanted a sauna, so we built the sauna. (laughs) And then he would invite a number of us to go into the sauna with him. And we, of course, would go, oh, sure. And he would start out, turn up the heat. Om namo narayanaya, om namo narayanaya. And pretty soon, there you are, you're blissed out on this mantra. And when you see you're not looking, start slapping you on your thigh, on your back. Om namo narayanaya. And you're going, ah. And he'd get all this energy. And all of a sudden, he'd stop dead in his tracks. And then pick it all up and throw it. Literally, physically, you'd watch him do this, make this ball, and just throw it. We'd look at him. You know, you're all red and you're sore, and you can hardly believe it. And he'd break into this big roar of laughter because he just threw all this energy that he was knocking substance physically off of you. So he thought that was great. Um, yeah, that's it. So what the fuck what is the that fuck story? Is that? So he's telling a story like... And he would pick it up in a big ball. He's not referring to anything physical. He's meaning the energy that Mark would slap off their bodies as he was beating the shit yeah. out of them and go, Om Namona, or whatever, <laughs> yeah, yeah. whatever he was saying, whatever chant they were doing. Because, by the way, chanting plays heavily into this. Again, a lot of the, like, you know, you're going to see a lot of these, he's, he's stealing these techniques from other, like, gurus and, and shit. I mean, shit, that sounds like a fucking kung fu movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um like, and like these are also like chants and like uh, that energy work shit. Like that's like those are magical techniques and stuff. Like again, the like Mark Prophet is actually a magician. I mean, yeah, He's his followers like totally believe this. Yeah, and they probably ex- they experience it. They do. It's real for them. Yeah. There's also another story of like him slapping. He liked to slap people. Yeah. <laughs> From this guy Ken McNeil, he says. When I was a little boy, my third eye was open and I could see and play with Eric, my little gnome. Eric the gnome. Eric the gnome. And many other fairies and elementals. So Ken is a follower of the prophets and he used to have such an open third eye, but he hasn't seen Eric the gnome in so long. Because he he lost his third eye. Well, thankfully one day when he was riding on the bus with Mark, Mark said... God just told me he wants me to open your third eye again. And he fucking smacks this dude on the head. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And, and then this, this guy goes, there's my gnome. <laughs> the one I used to know. Oh. oh, my God. It's Eric. Oh, my God. And apparently Eric has, has been with him ever since. That's brain damage. I know. That's traumatic brain like, injury, son. How hard did he hit you? <laughs> that you're seeing gnomes now? <laughs> Eric came back? Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. What is this? Yeah, he also 
so he's smacking people. He's yes. wrestling them. He's chanting. He's he's like taking cubes up his wife. Yeah. <laughs> he also liked to prank his staff with something called laughing bags, which I had never heard of. But what is a laughing bag? Um. So I had to look it up too. So, so he would like hide these in drawers and when you open them, like the laughing bag would start and he would like scare all of his uh, secretaries with, with these. So let's hear what they, what a 1970s laughing bag sounds like. (laughs) What? Terrifying. It's a, it's a yellow bag with a fucking creepy ass clown face on it and you slap it in at the... It's creepy. It's awful. It's creepy and terrible. All right. So, Fuck. yeah, he had plenty of laughing bags around the office. Like, dude's a sadist. <laughs> he's really silly, if if nothing else. I mean, he's silly and sadistic. Yeah. Um, a silly but he sadism. brought back Eric the Gnome. So, is that a good thing? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so, Peter, Peter Arnone. We heard his quote right at the beginning about yes. about Mark being an ass. A complete was, ass. Yeah. Well, we're going to dig into Peter's experience on staff a little more now. Okay. All right. So in 1971, because, you know, we're, we're, right, we're exploring 71 through 73. Yes. Yeah. Him and his two other friends, they're in their early 20s. They drop out of college in New York. To travel to Colorado Springs and try and join the Summit Lighthouse staff. Dumb fucking move. They fucking drop out. Peter, Jack, and Ron, they were allowed to join on one condition, that they never write a book about Summit Lighthouse. (laughs) 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 Like, that's your condition? That's a little bit suspicious. Yeah. Yeah. So around this time, there's 40 members of staff, and... So so Ron has to go back to New York to like get some stuff. He fucks off back to New York and he never comes back, which is the best decision ever, Ron. Yes. Good for you. Like you really left your pals Peter and Jack in the shit, didn't you? Wow. Yeah. So Peter and Jack stay behind. They've dropped out of college for this. And they're made to sleep in an unfinished, unheated, unair-conditioned attic with Fuck. a bunch of other staff members. They don't have their own room. The kids have rooms that are, like, probably the square footage of my house. Who knows? Like, but all the staff get to sleep in the shitty little attic and basement. What the hell? Yeah. One time, Peter was fined $5 for eating a meatball, which is one of my favorite things ever. What the fuck? <laughs> but he got off easy because his friend was fined $25 for eating the meatball. What? All right. As an Italian, I'm offended. I'm offended too. Meatballs are, go- oh my God, I have some meatballs upstairs. And fuck yeah. I've been thinking about it. I should make some meatballs soon. Fuck yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so Summit Lighthouse, they had just made a mandate about vegetarianism and they said, you can go off premises to eat whatever you want. Yeah, your meatballs. Yeah. But when you come back here- no meatballs. Except but her, I get, uh, Beth I guess, and her, uh, her meat cube. Yeah, her meat cube. <laughs> <laughs> well, so these boys, Peter and his friend, they go off premises to get their meatballs because they got to get their meatballs. I guess Mark, he he was feeling upset about this. How was he? He was upset that they had gone off property to get meatballs because <laughs> when they returned... 
He saw them and, and he said, guys, I can see your aura. Meatballs and wine floating all around. It's <laughs> fucking meatballs floating. There's meatballs in your aura. Meatballs floating in your aura. Do you want to tell me what that's about? All right, pay up $5. <laughs> it really boggles the mind. He saw the meatballs in their aura. And like, did he? How would he have known? Did he have spies out in town or something? Like, what the fuck? In, or- yeah, right. Or did he see... Because, again, there's so much weird shit. That or I'm were like, they just so brainwashed that they felt so guilty for eating a meatball that they, like, immediately confessed to it? So I have to say, like, I am both covering all this shit. I am at once getting more and more cynical and untrusting of everything. Yeah. But I'm also starting to suspect that there might be no such thing as reality and that all this shit may be real. He might have seen same, the meatball. I don't know anymore. Although there is uh, in um, the Did fantasy series. Did you smell it? Did they have like red sauce on their shirt? Yeah. That's exactly what happened. They had like marinara sauce. He on- smelled the meatballs. He smelled the meatballs. It's like you guys fucking smell like garlic bread. Yeah. I know where you were. Yeah. There's like one Italian joint in town. I know famous, they have amazing they're meatballs. they're famous for their fucking meatballs. Like you can't look up a picture of Mark Prophet and tell me this man doesn't love a meatball. He fucking loves him. And this also, this is 1971. Like they're not going, they're not going and getting pasta carbonara. You know what I yeah. mean? Like if there's a, a te- there's probably a family fucking restaurant wherever the hell they are. Where at Colorado? Colorado Springs. Okay. There, if there's an Italian, the only Italian food you're going to get is pasta and meatballs in yeah. Colorado, Colorado Springs, 1971. If he sees red sauce or smells red sauce, he knows meatballs were involved. <laughs> you know? He knows that Peter's a meatball boy. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of meatballs, um, <laughs> <laughs> I hate where I'm about, <laughs> where I'm following that up with. Just go. Just go uh, in. Well, Mark enjoyed dramatically farting <laughs> <laughs> and showing off his hemorrhoids. Oh, my God. Uh, showing off his hemorrhoids? Showing them off to everybody. Hey, everybody, take a look. Uh, <laughs> So, you know, Peter, as one of the new staff members, he got the pleasure of, uh, you know, Mark would be like, hey, Peter, come in here. It's like, really? In the bathroom? Yeah, come in (laughs) here. Come watch me. What? (laughs) So Peter would, he would keep Mark company while he uh, took a shit. (laughs) At least on one occasion. And Peter was not the only person that this happened to, by the way. Far from. And Elizabeth did not approve of this practice. You don't say. <laughs> she didn't like it. <laughs> She's like, Mark, honey, do you really have to? <laughs> you need company while you poop? Yeah, he's like, yeah, I like making him smell it. You're not three years old, bud. He is. He is. That's the thing. He, he is. is. He like, he's like smacking people, farting yeah, on he's people. He's a fucking toddler, dude. Yeah. Oh my God. So at one point, and this might have, <laughs> the members must have been so upset when this happened. Uh, they received a donation of a used colonic machine. <laughs> Mark was thrilled. I'm just, oh. <laughs> He was so happy. <laughs> he was finally the colonic machine of my dreams, you know? So his assistant now is Gilbert. 
I don't okay. know where Alex is. A- Alex is somewhere. He's still, pro- he's one of the other assistants. Mark yeah. needs many, I imagine, you know. So Gilbert is tasked with learning how to operate the machine and perform colonics on all the men, which is sexist. Sexist. Well, I would say, like, why is Mark so concerned about the cleanliness of these men's buttholes? Why There's is only he? only one reason. And I'll let you, dear listener, figure that one out. Oh. It has to do with non-Euclidean geometry. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, I mean, you got a colonic machine. I want to use it, you know? Why does everyone why, love? Why just the men? That's what I want to know. Why does everyone love colonic machines? Uh, they just like feeling clean. Um, so, one member, Victor Higley, he doesn't like feeling clean. <laughs> He he prefers his shit to be in inside of him. <laughs> He's a fucking patriot. <laughs> he likes he likes the feeling of being filled up. Um so he, <laughs> so he refuses to take a colonic. Okay. Um everyone else I guess has submitted but Victor he doesn't he doesn't want to take it. No. So he's obviously fired and ordered off the property immediately. (laughs) Oh, no. He's like, you will put this tube up your butt (laughs) or you will go home now. And he did. So he's known, he's been known as Piggly Higgly from that point forth. And I still like this, this must've been such a thing that somehow I know about it. Like, this was 50 years ago. <laughs> Who the fuck is Victor Higley? Like, <laughs> and yet what, I- yeah, What source was this information from? Oh, man. How deep did you have to dig for this? This was a Peter Peter's stuff. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Peter, okay. our first-hand man. Yeah. <laughs> poor, poor Piggly Higley. Like, and just imagine that Mark is using him as an example. Like, you don't want to be like Piggly Higley, do you? Wow. Because Mark, he would. He would shit talk people. And that's part of the way that he would um, keep control of people is because if you upset him, he he would shit talk. He would complain about you. He would talk behind your back, which let everyone know if you upset him, he's going to talk about you. Right. I mean, that's one of the oldest cult tricks. And he's never going to forget either. He would talk about people years after they left. Okay. Here's the thing, though. You said they didn't have followers living at their place. Yeah, they did. Well, the staff were followers. They're unpaid. The unpaid staff are followers. Like that's the con. Like this is a compound. I guess this quote unquote staff is like the inner circle. That's the cult. That's the real fucking cult with the compound at the tower. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's true. Like he even made Peter spoon feed him while he was driving. Get the fuck out of here. Made Peter massage him. And at some point, like there, so Summit Lighthouse does this thing called the six month probationary period, where if you're a staff member, you kind of like you do a six month probation where I'm guessing that's when you're not paid at all. And after that, maybe you get a stipend of like $15 per week. Uh, maybe they feed you or something. Yeah. yeah. So at the end of Peter's six month probationary period, which is right on July 3rd. Mm. And we know that Summit Lighthouse likes to do their Freedom Fests on July 4th. It's a big event. Peter announces, I'm not going to go to your Freedom Fest. 
I ain't okay? Too. My probationary period is up. I want to get the fuck out of here, okay? Yeah. Like, which is so funny that he stayed the full six months anyway, and that he even felt the need to announce when he's leaving. Like, you can just go. You can, you can just leave. You could just go. That's weird. It's very, well, they were really good at brainwashing. Yeah. So Mark and two others argue with Peter to stay. They say, but you were going to play music on 4th of July. We had the oh, whole man. music gig thing. You're going to play with John. You know, John, Johnny boy, you're going to play with. I have been guilted with the music thing before. Yeah. Don't do that to people. Right. It sucks. It does. It does. Yeah. Like you don't want to be playing music when you don't want to be there. Yeah. So he's, he wants to leave. He's ready to leave after six months. He's checked out. But Elizabeth's assistant runs into the room and says, Peter, your horrible energy is killing her. That's not possible. Well, it was. My God. So they get Peter to stay because he feels guilty about killing Elizabeth. That's what convinces him. When in actuality, Elizabeth was pregnant and just had morning sickness, but nobody knew that yet. So they just assumed Peter's horrible energy was killing her. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So she just had morning sickness. She knew that. Yeah. But, um, you know, it was, it was Peter's fault. Everything is someone else's fault. Everything is someone else's fault. Yeah. Yeah. So Peter still wanted to leave, but he agrees to stay because he feels, he feels fucking bad. Okay. Because at this point, Elizabeth and Mark have identified themselves as the two witnesses from the book of Revelation, okay? Oh, no. He doesn't want to kill one of the witnesses because he kind of, like, believes this stuff, but he's also like, oh, I hate being here. Yeah. But he feels fucking guilty because he thinks that these are, they are actually messengers of God. He intellectually believes all the nonsense, but physically he doesn't in, he doesn't feel comfortable at the place. So I think deep within is, him, he also, like, doesn't, really believe it well he he likes them as people kind of i guess or just yeah. or he has weird guilt complexes which allows him to be suckered into it in the first place yeah like, he just goes on autopilot for an agonizing nine months yeah. mark is depriving him of sleep yeah he's also making peter act as the full-time radio operator so the thing with this with summit lighthouse is they always had like walkie talkie radio, like going back and yeah, forth yeah. at all times. And Mark needed someone to, to be doing that for him. Yeah, yeah. And he was also the all night phone operator for Summit Lighthouse. Well, by the way, working a job off premises, he had another full time job. So he's doing work for Mark and for Summit Lighthouse for free, staying up all night, and then also working a job. Sounds he- like uh, their bad energy is killing Peter. Yeah, Peter asks Mark, like, could I please have more sleep? Nah. Nope, sorry. Wow. So he tries to leave again a year later in 1972. But at this point, he has no money to his name. (laughs) And he's also fearing the wrath of God. You know, he doesn't want to disappoint the two witnesses. So he actually, he leaves for like a night. He escapes. He's gone. And then he realizes, fuck, I don't know where to go or what to do. Right. So like a puppy with its tail between its legs, he comes crawling back. And, you know, of course, two days later, when Mark comes down with the flu, 
Well, it's Peter, when, when you tried to leave, you know, we had people all over town looking for you. We were so worried about you. You know, Peter, you're so important to us. When you left, it just broke my heart. And that's why I got sick. Peter, you can't leave. What the fuck? Yeah. Well, then Peter finally, a year later, 1973, he's gonna yeah. leave. He's finally fucking gonna leave. And then Mark has a stroke. <laughs> poor fucking peter he's probably like holy shit i caused it wow he probably he probably like i can't even imagine what that fucking did to him when he's like planning on leaving and then mark has a stroke so at that point like after mark dies peter feels so bad that like he stays a little bit longer after that yeah but then he, eventually he does he gets actually he doesn't get out until 1992 so, Whoa. so he stayed in for like, Whoa. Oh my God, Peter Mark's death, like really did it to him, I guess. Yeah. Cause he was ready. He tried to leave three different times. It's like an abusive relationship. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And like leading up to this point too, cause you're probably wondering, you know, like what is so, what, what kept him in? Well, the beliefs of, of this whole thing were really crazy. Yeah. You know, they are the two witnesses, meaning, what is it called? Not ascension. Rapture. Rapture. The fucking rapture is coming, okay? The end of the world is coming. Yes. So anyone that was a threat to Elizabeth and Mark, they were enemies of God. Right. Like, they were enemies of the Bible, of like... Yeah, yeah. I mean... Not even that Mark and Elizabeth cared about the Bible too much, but like to go against them was to go against like the messengers, the two people that their followers believed were the only link between man and the spiritual realm. Yeah, they yeah. were the only accredited messengers, right? Yeah. So poor fucking Peter, probably thinking that Mark's stroke was his fault. He, he must've. Yeah. Cause this is the, the type of stuff that summit lighthouse would do. They had a lot of very culty beliefs and behavior, which included that both Elizabeth and Mark gave themselves sort of theme songs so that whenever you heard them, you would associate it like with Mark or Elizabeth. Wow. Hers was. That's brilliant. It is very brilliant, especially yeah. if you choose kind of like common tunes. Yeah, yeah. She chose Beautiful Dreamer. Oh, my. Oh, God. Yeah, it's just a, I kind of, it's like a lullaby song. I don't know. Yeah. It's like a sleepy song. Yeah. So that's what she chose. Mark, he chose... Green sleeves. Green sleeves. You know, that fucking that classic we all go crazy for. Yeah, well, let's take a listen to it. I'm going to use a version done by Look Mum No Computer, a amazing synth builder and uh, YouTuber. Go check him out. And I think this is sufficiently weird enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. While we're playing it. Here's take, Mark's theme song. Take this time to go look up a picture of him, too. Yeah, this is Mark's if theme song. If you haven't yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
opening his butt cheek showed his hemorrhoids. <laughs> Slapping people's thighs in the sauna. Let me show you my chin. The moon right. Yeah. No, you're not allowed to sleep. <laughs> Fuck you, Piggly Higgly. Fuck you, Piggly Higgly. You don't want the tube up your butt. Fuck you. And really, this level of uncomfortableness is what you should feel when we talk about the Ascended Masters and all these fucking assholes. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> and also, this track fucking this rules. It's so... Jesus Christ, it's really dude. really good. Yeah, yeah fuck this yeah. This has theme. God, there needs to be a movie of... of the, there doesn't need to be, but it would be entertaining if there was. Yeah. All right. It's the best renditions of Green Sleeves we could find. Fuck yeah, it is. Yeah. So, getting into the, the super culty stuff. Well, you know, Peter really, he struggled with leaving the cult. Even fuck, even after fucking Mark died. Yeah. Somehow. <laughs> well, I bet it was actually more comfortable then. It probably was, yeah. Well, leaving the group would result in 10,000 years of bad karma. Oh. That, that means 10,000 more years stuck on this earthly realm being reincarnated and, you know. Oh, oh God. Yeah, and of course, Mark would, he would rail mercilessly against any past members that left, even years after. So, like, you know, if, if you leave, shit's going to happen. Yeah. In fact, one time, Elizabeth held a meeting after a staff member fucked off and was like, bye, I'm out. Yeah, yeah. She said she had a vision of a gigantic hand coming down from the sky and picking up this, this big linked chain and removing one link uh, from the chain okay. before putting it back together again and casting off that link, huh. which represented, you know, that they're removed from this sort of... Um, community of light these yeah. you know these people that are guaranteed ascension and guaranteed like well, that's the um that's that's the old um like mystic idea of the great the hermetic idea of the great chain of being mm-hmm. that everything is from god down to you know the the smallest piece of matter it exists in a chain and this higher removed, everything sucker. is linked and also hierarchical yeah and also you know that you can cause change in one piece of the chain by doing something on the opposite side of the chain. Mm -hmm. Again, proves that they've done the reading. Yeah. They would also do this thing. You don't want to be called to the carpet. Okay. Fuck no, I don't. Yeah. I don't know what that is, but I know I don't want it. They would call these staff meetings. And when they would call the staff meetings, um, you would know because the buzzer would be pressed five times in a row. Fat. Eh, 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 eh. Like, okay, staff, come on. You might get called to the carpet. You were always very relieved if you were not called to the carpet. Yeah. Because that would basically mean you would just stand up there and be berated and insulted and yelled at in front of everyone for a while. They did some of that shit in karate school. Yeah? Yeah. It's not fun. Yeah. Yeah. You also, like, God forbid you're called to the carpet and you cross your arms, like, while talking to him. You could not cross your arms while talking to Mark or show any signs of defiance or rebelliousness in your body language. Because he, he would be examining your body language. And if he didn't like the way you looked at him yeah. or the way that your body was positioned, then, like, you know, you'd, be, you'd get it. 
Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. He would also call emergency staff meetings just so he could complain for like an hour. Every cult leader has always done was, this. Yeah, it's I was the most thinking of like thing. Jim Jones. Yeah. Like just you force people to listen to you t- complain for a long time. Just rant. And again, Guy Ned did not do this shit. No, they didn't. They're so fucking sane, which is why they're so scary. They they didn't want to deal with staff. Well, they didn't no. want to deal with the commoners. Hell no. They're like, they didn't want adoration. Yeah. They just wanted their fucking money. Right. Like they're like, like they're, oh. that's why they're so scary to me and why I'm still so hung up on them is because how how fucking sane they are. And calculating and deliberate. Yeah. 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 Because I think, honestly, I do think that Mark Mark's was, a crazy person. He was he's, making he's up some stuff. Yeah. He was making up like, oh, Elmora came to me at the railroad track and that's how we met. But he's but a he, maniac. He also probably did believe he could read minds. I'm sure. Like, yeah. No, dude, sure, he's a yeah. fucking maniac. He, he, him and Elizabeth both totally believed yeah. like a good portion of this. Which makes him a- bastard but i don't know what's going on in his head so it's not like i can't judge him as harshly as i can someone that's like super sane and yeah. just making rational decisions to fuck with people you know yeah, yeah but he's still a piece of shit so they their whole thing was that you have to make the right choices the good choices in order to earn your ascension right because saint germain of course had made two million right decisions in a row <laughs> and that's how he got to be ascended master oh, i've said which this is a tool to make people extra obedient and yeah yeah i've said this uh sentence many times in this show but um that's the dumbest thing i've ever heard of in my life oh it's so it's so bad like how Two do you million even right decisions how do you quantify something as right or wrong you can't you quantify there's no decision. such thing yeah piece of shit you gotta make two million right decisions you could but do that, that in an hour what that meant is that like they put themselves in the position of judge of your behavior? Of course. So, yeah. so if you did something wrong that they didn't approve of, it would be like, well, you know, that's a hundred years to your karma, right? Oh my God. <clears throat> so if you misbehaved or like did something that, that was not approved of, you know, it's like, well, you know, you're that you're that much farther away from ascending. But then, of course, I'm sure if you did something to their favor, it would be like, oh, you just earned a thousand years, you know? And it's it's also impossible to... Well, it's really interesting that they're taking the idea so of smart, like... smart, actually. Right, because they're taking the idea of like eternal damnation and shit, but then they're making it not actual eternal damnation. Yeah, they're turning so it, it into like a little numbers game. Right, so it increases so people the threat. on the lure, on the hook. Yeah, that's... Mm. It keeps the threat ever present. Right. Like, it's not And if you're better, away. if you're better, you can lessen your prison sentence. If you sentence. could just be as good as St. Germain thinks you could. If you could just follow our rules. Yeah. If you just did everything right, you know? Yeah. Gross. Right. And um, they would also tell people, like, hey— don't do anything without checking with us first, because remember, we are the the messengers of God, okay? So you have to check with us. And if you don't, your soul's going to be torn into a thousand fragmented what? pieces by demons. What the fuck? <laughs> if you don't check in with mom and dad? Yeah. Even though they weren't calling themselves mom and dad, but they right. might as well have been. What the fuck? Yep. Your soul will be torn into a million pieces by demons? Yeah, which will turn you into a diabolical villain. 
Not a million diabolical villains? No, just just like their main example was um, Lee Harvey Oswald. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to be turned into Lee Harvey Oswald if you Wait, don't listen. They didn't have a conspiracy theory about Kennedy? Surprising, right? That's, that's the weirdest shit I've ever Very heard. Very surprising. Okay. I mean, I guess it's more simple to point out Lee Harvey Oswald as a demonic as a demonic villain. Yeah. Um, yeah. Wow. Okay, no, but still surprising. What the fuck? So, like I mentioned, they did a lot of traveling and stuff. Um, the year before Mark passed away, and he was 54, by the way, when he passed away. Whoa. Yeah, he was pretty young. Yeah. Very young, actually. That's really young. Really fucking young. God yeah. damn. You know, the year before, they went to Hawaii, they went to Ghana, they went to Jerusalem, Egypt, Syria, Lebanon, Greece. They hit, like, all the hit fucking— All the spots. All the holy spots, yeah. all the hot spots. They And then on February 26, 1973, at the age of 54, massive stroke right after having sex with Elizabeth. Uh, damn. Yep, that's when it happened. And that's also when his deification really, like— Popped off. Yeah. Because, you know, in past lives, he was Longfellow and he was Lancelot. Right. Well, now, you put those two together, what do you get? Lanello. Another one. <laughs> Another one. We got Lanello in the building. Lan- Ascended master fucking Lanello. A yeah. goddamn another one. So... Although it does, he spends two days in a coma before he's declared totally brain dead. Uh, so, yeah. That's when, finally, another one. Ascended Master Lanello enters the building. His remains are now sacred ash. And Elizabeth also, she makes this remark after he passes away, that he was man enough for 25 women. No, he wasn't. (laughs) I don't know, that chin. What about that cube, though? Mm. You know? I don't know. Like, it must have just been Elizabeth. Like, he, he lost his allure to her. She was like, yeah, 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 I know. Okay. Well, mate, she... And he was probably getting that sweet, like, you know, follower. Uh, Freshly clonicked. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. That too. Oh, my God. What was happening with these buttholes? The world may never know. It's true. But they'll definitely assume. I also, I have to wonder, what the children from his first marriage... What was it like going to his funeral that had like hundreds of like religious fanatics there and, you know, like. Whoa. That must have been so weird for them. Were they there? Do you know? I mean, I have to imagine they must have been. That was still their dad. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe, like, maybe, maybe not. They seems like they he fucked them over pretty hard. Yeah. Well, oh, he sent them a hundred dollars a month if he remembered to. <laughs> you remembered to yeah, you fucking right? dweeb, you chowder-headed piece of chin. Yeah. Fuck you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That must have been, yeah. Yeah, that must have been so weird, though, if they it's were also, there. Goddamn. It's weird because his death caused this explosion in growth. Really? For the, yeah, for the group. At their freedom conference, the, the year of his death was their yeah. largest yet. Wow. Yeah, right? So it's like not even until the founder dies that this becomes a thing. I mean, it was still a thing. thing. It's still a thing, but it really becomes a thing once he's gone. That's so strange. Yeah. 
His last dictation was held at Santa Barbara Motherland. Okay. Which came to be known as the Land of Lanello. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, so Santa Barbara is Land of Lanello now. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. And I, I didn't even mention, the year before he died, they opened up the Four Winds Organic Center. Okay. Which was a grocery store slash restaurant. They had like, they had a, a cool little space with couches where you could just go there, chill out, access their cool occult library, buy your fucking salad and sit and hang out. And that would be the, a great place to recruit for, yeah. for staff and for Mark himself. Do you ever, do you know the Bright Eyes album, Casadega? No. You should give it a listen. It's a concept album about um, new age spirituality in, in in America. There's a song called Four Winds that fucking rocks. Fascinating. Yeah, you should wow. definitely check that album out. It's very good. Yeah. But they would. They I just outed myself members. as one of those guys. Yeah, from <laughs> This is the first day of my life. <sighs> okay. This was a little bit later. He was a little crazier and a little more hardcore. Uh, fucking, yeah. I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see. So you it's a know, lot of good bright eyes. Like it's fucking badass. I don't care. <laughs> I like bright eyes. <laughs> Summit Lighthouse. They they have their tentacles in a few different places. Yeah. Know, with their organic center, and they're in Colorado Springs. They also got their DC stuff. And yeah, they're, yeah. They're also traveling all around. They also, you know, remember how uh, Peter didn't want to play music no, on the Fourth yeah, of July thing. They would use music a lot to yeah. like, grab people into when they would travel. Anytime there was an idle moment on a on a public bus or in a public setting, you know, whip out the guitar and start playing a hymn or yeah. start playing music because it gets people around you. It gets them wondering, like, yeah. what are these people doing? Oh, that's cool. Yeah, if if you don't have music in your cult, like you're not gonna go far. It's true. Oh, I shouldn't say that. <laughs> music makes it better though You gotta have some music in your cult I want me I'm gonna have the music without the cult Yeah Or the, the cult of the music Can we just start an anti-cult? I was thinking it would be cool to do a music bit Where you pretend like uh, your listener or your fans Are like your cult members And you have them come And you give them a big religious experience no, a big Spiritual of like fake sort of cult I think, thing No, I think it's it, it's it's like You know, there's there's We can have like an, an order of inquisitors oh. <laughs> And that's our like anti-cult of uh, You know Come rock out, rock out with us, and mm. em, em, embrace your own personal truth. And then, mm. when people show, uh, no, 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 follow me. Let don't me guide don't you. follow her. <laughs> follow me on Instagram. Don't do that. Well, yes, follow us on Instagram. Please subscribe. All that. Um, give us your attention, of course, but mm. um, <laughs> don't follow give me us. Your life savings. Don't follow us. You'll just fuck it up. <laughs> <laughs> So after Mark passes away, well, where does this, where does this leave Summit Lighthouse? Yeah. In the hands of Elizabeth, I assume. It does. In the hands of Elizabeth and who, but one of her cube members. Oh, one of the cube men. Yes. (laughs) Yep. Good old cube boy. Uh. Randall Cosp. Oh. Oh, don't worry. She doesn't like Cosp as a last name. So yeah, I don't either. She decides. I don't even know the first name. She's she's gonna make Randall change his last name. Okay. Yeah. 
His last name's going to be King. She likes that better. Are you kidding me? She wants to be Elizabeth Clare Prophet King. She's going to be a prophet and a fucking king. You can't do and, that. And it's like Godfrey Rake. Of course. That's what I was. Yeah. yeah. You can't do that. She can. And she did. She did. Yeah. Fuck them. Take that shit. Take that yep. shit. So she marries. What you get. She marries Cube member uh, Randall in October of 1973. I remember Mark passed away in February. Yeah. Yeah. So we're wasting no time. No, you can't. Yeah. They both, you know, both her and Randall have the shared goal of becoming very wealthy. So what are they going to do now they've taken over the reins of Summit Lighthouse? It's still Summit Lighthouse. They start up the Profit King Investment Club. Oh. Yes. They're going to, they convince eight or nine church members to join and they call it an alchemical project. You know, don't you want to be a part of, we're going to alchemize the market. We're going to make you all uh, well, so rich guys. Just give us $2,000. each. When did, uh, George Soros wrote a book called the alchemy of finance, which 1974 is the profit King and okay. club. The alchemy of finance is fucking fascinating. I didn't know what George Soros is like. Oh, well they, f- these guys failed. So brandishing the profit King investment club as an alchemical project, they rope, He's eight or nine schmucks into giving them $2,000. Yeah. And, you know, Randall and Elizabeth are new leaders of Summit Lighthouse. They promise they're going to split the returns evenly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they have each member with a blindfold on to demonstrate their trust. Sign <sighs> the documents. Are you? That they haven't even read. Are you kidding me? I'm not. I'm not. They have them sign the documents blindfolded. Easily challenged in a court of law. Yeah. That's insane. What? Uh, Who would do that? Who would do that? But your loyal church members. Oh, my God. So they invested this money in silver futures No. Contracts. No, not silver. Yeah. Which at first started <laughs> making profits mount. So they think, hey, we're doing pretty good. At one point, they owned 23% of the Chicago silver coin what? market. But then the market crashed. Well, yeah, because silver's the most notorious, duh. silver's the most notoriously manipulated uh, fucking commodity in existence. Yeah, so basically. They brought the house down on them on purpose. The whole thing got <laughs> Fuck it. They lost $700,000. Shout out to, uh. Clang gang. Yeah. Clang clang motherfuckers. <laughs> I was I, I was heavily in silver last year. I did, yeah. did some good money and then uh, got And out. then you learned your lesson. No, I got out with that. That was a- uh, You got out good? That was a win. Yeah. Good. Very good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so they fuck this whole thing up. They fuck up the Profit King investments thing. You um, don't say. And their financial exploits attract the attention of the IRS and <laughs> get them sued by their own brokerage firm, Clayton Commodities. Yeah. Yeah. That's all very much expected. Indeed. So to protect the assets of Summit Lighthouse during these ongoing legal disputes (laughs) with the IRS, uh, Elizabeth and Randall transferred the assets from Summit Lighthouse to a brand new entity they created called the Church Universal and Triumphant. Oh, no. And that's... Where we're going to pick up next week. Oh, my. Okay. 
We're now cut, wow. baby. Or cut. Church universal yeah. triumphant. Why? Oh, but you know, because um, the ascended masters told us that we have, you know, eat at the ascended masters. They're going to triumph over all their legal troubles. Yeah. Oh, my Lord. Right. And I love that this is the real reason why Church Universal and Triumphant yeah. started. Because they fucking, how much did they have to fucking quarter 23% of the goddamn silver coin market? That must have that's been quite ins- a bit. That's insane. Quite a bit, I'm sure. And we're not talking fucking 1920s financial scams either. This is 70s. Like, wasn't as big as it is now, but that's still a lot. Still quite a bit. Holy shit. Yeah. So to answer our earlier question, how many members they have? A fucking lot. Enough to corner 23% of the silver market. I mean, and that was only with the investments of eight or nine church members. Wait, really? Yeah. They got $2,000 each. Okay, so that wasn't a big, like, church-wide Unless that, thing. I mean, they might have done more. They, pro- uh, they probably yeah. did more. Well, because of that knows. shit we were looking up earlier. Interesting. It really is. And, you know, from here... Now that now that we're church, now <laughs> now that we're church universal and triumphant instead of summit lighthouse, like it's gonna get even weirder from here. Believe it yeah. or not, because it's already. I mean, we got colonics. We yeah. got. I mean, really, that's that's the main event is the colonics. Yeah, it always is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Another poo-poo guru for the books. This shit keeps getting weirder and weirder, man. It's only going to keep getting weirder. It still is. I mean... Have we even really begun yet? I don't know. We haven't. Like, now is really when... This is the thing. The story is kind of just starting now. We just gave all the background to it. Again, and like, just with, like, this Ascended Master shit is the craziest fucking thing I have ever researched. It is, because it doesn't end. Right, and as I was saying to you earlier, Willow, uh, like, usually when I have a weird paranoid idea about something, and I start searching and researching, I hit a dead end. You find the bottom of the rabbit hole. And I go, ah, okay, this shit? No. You're... Whatever weird idea you have, it gets confirmed. And then it gets weirder, and you yeah. keep going. Oh, boy. So, hope you guys enjoyed all that. Um, <laughs> me too. What? <laughs> I really enjoyed researching it, weirdly. I do. Um, I love this. I love Mark Prophet as a character. Holy shit, As a funny. character, he's awesome. As a person, he's a piece of shit. He's awesome. and He's an the, idiot toddler. Those but. five kids from his first marriage were not his only kids. Him and Elizabeth did have children together. And, of course, those children grew up, and they have opinions about their parents. Yeah. So we're going to have quite a bit to discuss next week when we go through the, yes. the bunker saga. Yeah. They're fucking building million do- multi-million dollar bunkers over in Montana. Yeah. Right. I, I did, um, I reached out to my, uh, my contact in, in Montana, in Bozeman. They're still yeah. operating over there too, yeah. He put out some feelings. He couldn't get a, he said he doesn't think anyone really wants to talk about it. But he did say that when, he, when he's back east, uh, he really wants to sit in and, uh, in, in his words, um, have a drink and bullshit with that crazy bitch Willow. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Good. I Fuck can't yeah. wait for that. <laughs> crazy. That's me. That's me. Oh, boy. Oh, no. yeah. 
Well, I think that about does it. That does it for today. That, that was a thanks that, for that listening. A yeah, thank you guys so much. We um, really, really appreciate it. We really do. Like, I, yeah, you have no idea. We uh, put a lot of work into this shit because it's really fun for us. We love it researching is. and telling stories and cracking jokes, and it's so cool to know that you know people enjoy it. So fuck yeah, indeed. Uh, give yourselves a hug. Yeah, buy yourselves a beer. Uh, yes. Yeah. All right. Or a meatball. Yeah, get yourself some good get meatballs. Get yourself a good old meatball. Fuck yeah. Stick it to the man. Eat a meatball. Mm-hmm. Because Mark probably don't want you to. <laughs> okay. All right. Take, Take care. Take care, guys. Bye.